0: this motherfucker looks exactly like Clay Thompson right
1: now. Who's Clay Thompson? <laughs> the the basketball player man. Let me yeah, look at it. The up.
0: Warriors. Clay Thompson. Alright. Alright, i am still I've stolen enough. You park. mean the
1: seven foot black guy? That's what he looks like. Yeah, that's a
0: six eight. He's half easy he's he's a light skinned brother.
1: Welcome to episode one of not investment advice. You got Trung for fan in the place. What's going on dude? Yeah what what's
0: happening, fam just had a Red got- Bull?
1: we got jack butcher in the place what's
2: happening man nice to be back gents
1: we can start off with the best bad investments if you guys want but um this was an idea because we it's not investment advice it seems like last time um a bunch of people were taking things too seriously so uh, we want to make sure everyone knows how ridiculously stupid we are with the investing side (laughs) so (laughs) we're going to share some some stories and anecdotes so I mean, yeah, maybe we'll just kick it off. I mean, the, the first thing to call out is, is uh, Trung uh, On Twitter, you'd posted this recently that you'll spend 45 minutes deciding whether or not to pay $2.50 for an out-of-network ATM fee and then spend three seconds, spend 10K on a zero-revenue spike. And that, that resonated with me, man, because the, that was me two nights ago, like <laughs> on the Binance Smart Chain, flipping <laughs> out some new meme coin. I've never, I don't even know you, what it you is.
0: Get into, did, you do, did you save me?
1: Oh, of course. Of course. Oh. I'm in all of <laughs> <laughs> it.
2: What, what invested, about you,
0: Jack? Are you safe this,
2: That one is just beyond my comprehension oh, to the point of like, I can't even, I can't even figure out how to buy it. So <laughs> well, now I'm out. well,
0: actually you're, I mean, the, we were in a, we have a group chat with uh, Jack, me and Bilal and, uh, there's a they shared another chat they had apparently they have this separate chat where they just make fun of me and share funny
1: you. <laughs> it's called but a uh, text message yeah yeah
0: but just, yo i'm just like yo first of all i get this message from them like yo why am i not in this chat <laughs> why, am, why, am in why am i in like the little league chat and then you guys are sending me screenshots from this other chat <laughs> <laughs> from, the, from the
1: personal chat
0: yeah so Jack had said uh, something funny. He's like, you know how there's all these amazing like finance parody accounts like Liquidity and uh, and John Rich, and they just make the they make these. There's actually a psychology to humor, right? It's like about filling the surprise gap. It's like you set up uh, uh you set up the context, and then people are expecting something because because our heads are primed to look ahead, and then you just quickly fuck somebody with the punchline. <laughs> and like Jack had one was like, uh, you know Warren Buffett. Says that he we invests in stuff he understands. It's like, what if we did the opposite? It's <laughs> stuff you don't understand. Dude, if you had done that in the past 12 months, you'd literally be a billionaire. Right yeah, now. yeah. And you <laughs> yeah, literally just went, I'm going to put Doge 100% coin. portfolio in the yeah. stuff that I literally don't understand. You'd be still so rich. It, and, uh, but to your point, uh, Bilal, you're saying that, um, yeah, back to this fact. So, no, no, yeah, are I was literally out to lunch with my parents. And I hadn't used, an, I hadn't, they had just got vaxxed, thank God. And uh, Canada's super slow about vaccination, by the way. It's a fucking joke. But uh, they uh, they got vaxxed and we had lunch and uh, the ATM network was down for the restaurant. They're like, hey, uh, are you cool to use an ATM? And I literally had not used an ATM in probably two years up to this point, maybe longer, right? And during COVID, everybody's tapping everything or using digital payments oh, yeah. online. I literally get to the ATM machine and just totally forgot there's of network fees. And this <laughs> thing is like, Will you pay $350 for, like, we dropped $100? bucks? i am like, what? You didn't think a 3.5% rip on me for providing this POS service? That's what I tweeted out, man, because it took me an hour to decide what I was going to do. I'm like, mom, you might have to pay for this meal.
1: (laughs) Dude, it's exactly the same, man. I'm like, if... I I never pay for those fees. It's just like a rule. It's not about the money. It's just like principle to take out my money though. I'll keep X amount of money, my life savings in a cash account and like not care that the dollar has been devalued every day. (laughs) But trunk, when we mentioned this in a group chat, you said like you have a bunch of these from your twenties in Vietnam and crazy shit. So like hit us with it, man.
0: Oh yeah. So this, uh, we asked, uh, the listeners, um, uh, what they want to talk about. And uh, Liam Killingstad went, uh, what is an anti-life portfolio? And he's referring <laughs> to the idea of, in the venture capital community, uh, a lot of investors will say, okay, this is what we invested in and we killed it, but here's also what we passed on and we wish we had done. Yeah, So. Yeah. That's the anti-portfolio for venture capital investors for anyone who doesn't know. So the equivalent of an anti-life portfolio is, hey, man, like, what did you do in your 20s where if you had done something else, you, you kind of wish you had done that or maybe been more successful if you'd done that? Holy shit, did I throw away in my 20s, man. Uh, <laughs> it's a complete disaster. So I went to university to study uh, med school and then in the first semester, I almost failed calculus, so I'm like, "Fuck this, I'm out." And uh, I went to study history, which is like the biggest joke of a uh, of a major ever, right? And I literally set my schedule based on if the class was afternoon, like it had to be at between <laughs> one and five. And then I stacked my schedule so it was on Tuesday or Thursday, so I basically had a four day weekend every week, and uh, and it's just a complete joke of a career in university, right? So when I graduated, my dad's like, "Okay." you know, the whole Asian thing, you know, doctor, engineer, lawyer, he's like, okay, let's split the difference. Like, you didn't want to become a doctor. You took your history course. Will you become a lawyer? Because history, a lot of history majors go do their LSATs. And I'm like, okay, sure. I'll do my LSAT. But then I also did the LSAT and then moved to Vietnam. Which oh, is-
1: switched it up.
0: Yeah. So this dude, my parents are Vietnamese refugees <laughs> to Canada and they had spent their twenties trying to get out of the country and they're looking at their dumbass son who's going back to Vietnam. And with no job, I had like $4,000 and, um, uh, and just the, the biggest, the, like, I mean, listen, I met my wife there and I had an insane time and I'd probably do it again. But if you're talking about anti-life portfolio, the big mistake I made was I had no assets when I was like 26, 27 and this would have been about 2010 to invest in this like insane bull run. Right. And nothing was compounding. Like we just talked about like Buffett advice. I was doing none of that. Nothing was compounding for me. Uh, post-graduation until like like six, seven years ago when I moved back to North America. So like, that's my anti-portfolio. Like I I completely threw away any asset accumulation in my early twenties, just to dick around in Southeast Asia and be a total knob
1: how long how long are you there for
0: five years dude oh, i was damn. making i was making a thousand us dollars a month <laughs> which is like i mean that's king money in vietnam son yeah you're living <laughs> like, the life <laughs> I, w- I was living large and i like eating lots of uh you know vietnamese delicious vietnamese food but like like by the end of it at zero dollars and then end up doing a master so i'm like almost 30 with tons of debt and like i'm not invested in these fat tech stocks right so that's my anti-life portfolio and i and it's funny but i went to work at Google in his early 20s, so I think we should talk. What's your anti-life portfolio? <laughs> it sounds like it's much more lucrative than mine.
1: Uh, no, the crazy thing for me is that my I grew up in a household, well, my family like were kind of middle of the road, like they were also working class immigrants and then kind of graduated to the middle class, but, but um, they didn't really believe in stocks and shares because my dad, <laughs> even though he worked in a bank, like, he, he literally lost, like, a bunch of money in stocks and shares because he was reading a newspaper and stock picking.
0: Wait, um, yeah, hold on. We need to talk about <laughs> Mr. Zadie's portfolio. Like, oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> what, what was he? What did he get burnt on that he was telling you No, no, you to,
1: to be fair, I mean, he's a really smart guy, and he, you know, he follows the markets and everything, but just, you know, there's not as much information back then about, like, you can buy the ETF and buy the whole market and stuff like that. So he was probably buying, like, Abbey National Bank and virgin or whatever and some of them probably did okay but it was not the last 10 years right and now in the last 10 years we all look like geniuses because the market's good and so but then thankfully for him he did actually invest in real estate and they retired off that so that they they did pretty well but um yeah for me i didn't use my pension in the uk call it private pension here 401k and i literally all i need to go into the google internal network and select zero percent and the Google would have put three or 4% of, like- of your salary. Yeah, 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 just straight into my- Well, it was how long like, were you
0: there for? How long you at Google?
1: Seven years, but seven and a half years. <laughs> but no, no, that was, only, that was only the first couple of years. And I was like right, 21 right. years old. So I didn't know like Dude, what you're I was not doing. The, uh,
0: you're not the first person I've heard that from. I, I, When I went to work at a quote unquote real company, yeah. I had no idea about the match. Like they talk about it, but they also don't like really push you to do it. They don't really, because they, it's they don't free tell money, you. Right? They
1: just, yeah, they should just tell you like select this, tick this no, box and you get money coming in. <laughs>
0: That's the default true. should
1: be yes. That's true. Yeah, so that was a big mistake. But in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't like a crazy amount of money, especially in the first few years, my salary wasn't like crazy high in the beginning. Um, so that was really stupid. And then even in the States, it took me when I moved here like seven, eight years ago, like that's when I started like learning a little bit more about it. But even then you move here and Jack, I don't know if you had this, but you're not sure, for me anyway, I wasn't sure if I was staying here. So I was that's like, oh, insane. I'm gonna come here for one or two years. And then I'll see if I like it. Then I'll bounce back home, take some dollars, flip it, and uh, take and then some so. Dollars, <laughs> then <flip it. laughs> so the thing is, so I was just like not Yo, even contributing to the four hundred one k even back
2: dude, then. Look probably. at Fiat here. He, he was long the, <laughs> <laughs> long the dollar.
0: Long the dollar.
2: Like my story is basically the same as yours in, in terms of the like. Allocation to a 401k, and I was just like, Oh, I've got a job in America. So cool. Like, none of the <laughs> stuff that I should have been doing, I did. I was just like, Get my paycheck at the end of the week and be like, Oh, you know, just look <laughs> at that how many pairs of trainers I could buy and uh, how many beers that would be run me for. I like you get paid every two weeks in the States instead of every month. So, that's another like psychological difference for right. like spending your money when you're young it's like oh i just get paid again in two weeks so you just spend money <laughs> like a moron were and, you guys uh,
0: drinking were you drinking a lot in your 20s yeah oh dude i would i uh i was telling my wife because i didn't drink coffee till i was 28 and I, I, and now like we said i just drink Red Bulls. i right? just caffeine if i had not <laughs> drinking alcohol in university and I, I blacked out probably twice a week for four years and instead had drinking caffeine, <laughs> I'd probably be a billionaire right now. I'm not even <laughs> <happy>. <laughs> if you're talking about the amount of human capital that was destroyed by blacking out twice a week, you're I mean, you're literally nothing. You're literally a nothing burger. You're contributing nothing to <laughs> nothing society. <bug. laughs> and, but if it had been caffeine, bro, yo, how fat would that different, podcast have been in university?
1: Yo, yeah, so Trung, you also mentioned something about um I don't know if you're allowed to say the amount of money, but it was uh, Apple stock or something. And you had like straight paper hands. Oh, I we're think just talking about
0: the dumb. We're, we're talking about how like dumb, like just, uh, we're talking about, I mean, I'll, I'll, what I'll bring this back to is this is anti-light portfolio. This is an investment one. And everyone has this story though, right? Like it's not to me, you know, when everybody was playing uh, Texas Hold'em, and then your friend would come and be like, "Oh my God, you gotta listen to my story about Hold'em." Like you know what the fucking story is gonna be? The guy's a head in the hand, and then he loses on the river, right? Yeah. It's the same fucking story every time. And then you're like nodding your head, like, "Oh man, really? That that's crazy, dude." Whoa, <laughs> like pretending like you care. So my investment story is like the equivalent, right? Everybody has the same investment story: is that they invested something, and then they sold it, and then and then and then a year later it like completely blew up, right? Like I, we were gonna talk about. It. I know you have one, Bilal. I'm sure you have one, Jack. But the only reason I'm bringing it up is like we're talking about like paper hands and you mentioned your dad didn't have enough information. I mean, I I, I'm like going to play the devil's advocate, right? There's too much information now when you shouldn't be looking at information, So like, I I like kind of got like a fat bonus in like 2018 and I'm just like, oh, what am I gonna do with this money, right? So I just looking at stocks and then I saw what Ryan Cohen did with uh, his Chewy money. Obviously I had a lot less money than Ryan Cohen, but he put, he exited a multi-billion dollar deal with Chewy, put half of it in Wells Fargo and half it in Apple. Uh, They both have ripped, but as it turns out, if he had just left in Chewy, he'd be richer, but he wouldn't have the story, right? Uh, So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just gonna put like pretty significant six figures into Apple. Uh, but like I, know, I have the app on my phone. I'm like, okay, you know, put into Apple. And then this just speaks to the fact that there's too much information now. Like a day later, I read a zero hedge article about like China trade wars. I'm like, yo, dude, <laughs> yo, Apple's going to zero, son. <laughs> Apple's going to zero. And at that time, it's the biggest like single investment I ever made. I'm like, yo, I can't do this. Within two days of putting in like this pretty significant sum into Apple, I literally should just set it and forget it, right? Uh, At the time, it was worth 500 billion. So it would have been up almost five times now. Um, I, I literally sold it for like a $1,000 gain. and told my view I made a thousand bucks. That 1% gain. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, no, but that's like, I mean, everybody has that story, but that one was just salient because I want, actually wanted to really bring it up because now you're talking about your dad and how you had too little information, man, fuck. Dude, too much well, information is not a positive thing, man. Do you know
1: what, is, that's what's interesting actually because with my dad, as an example, and my, my parents, they like locked up their investments so they couldn't just, like they could sell the house, but it's not as easy as going into Robinhood oh, yeah. and pressing a button. And like when you get in there late at night and you're like looking at that drop-in and you're like, oh, okay, maybe I need to cash out like right. Jack was doing with his doge two nights ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think there's like a weird lesson in there for, like for them, like they just were like, oh, well, we buy real estate, we're keeping it long-term. And when you study all the investment advice, that's what they say, but it's, it's like everything. Like we know how to have a six-pack, but most of us don't have a six-pack right. because well, we I'll not follow the advice. Well, I'll say this
0: about our generation, probably Bilal and with immigrants especially immigrants, right? Were your parents immigrants from Pakistan? Yeah, yeah, to, Pakistan. Okay. Yeah. Well, dude, if you're an immigrant, simple, you want fucking property. If you're an immigrant mm-hmm. from a former communist country like Vietnam, you really want fucking property. <laughs> so my old man, my, and here's the thing, they got, I mean, I'm not going to hate on him for it or like joke about it. like, he, my dad also crushed it in real estate because he moved to Vancouver in 1994 and was a doctor. Vancouver is one of the top five real estate markets over the last 30 years. And, He's like, no, no, no. I know what happened in Vietnam. I'm fucking buying property, son. And I'm going to keep that shit and give it to you guys. You know what I mean? Or like, ultimately, it's going to be handed down. It's just because in Vietnam, they took all your shit, right? And uh, it's actually uh, a lot of uh, former communist countries, whether that's Eastern Europe, uh, parts of Asia, the immigrants, man, it's all real estate. It's because they're like, we got that shit taken away. We know in North America, there's like rule of law and you get to keep it. So like, yeah, dude, totally understand uh, on that one. But I think we yeah, and, we need to and get... i
1: think they like you said back to that um the thing about information like like i, I actually agree with you because right now we're looking at like i go in even robin hood or any of these apps and you can just read the all the all the numbers and you can see opinions and go on twitter and people are talking about it and i'm in like five groups where they're like <laughs> doing mad advanced <laughs> option stuff and i don't even know what they are talking about yes and but then my parents are like oh i buy a property for a hundred thousand i pay 500 in mortgage and i charge a thousand in rent that makes sense and over time it's probably going to go up (laughs) and of course like if they bought in 2006 just before the crash maybe it would have taken longer to recover but like yeah they're they're probably something for us to learn from them man because (laughs) like i'm over analyzing it for no
0: reason well, well Jack, Jack, what's your kind of like other than the the four one k? Like, what's something that from your twenties you you totally guffed on, or or like not necessarily even regrets, but you're like fuck, if I just done this.
2: I think I mean I was definitely late to the game in general, like investing. Like my family, military parents, both like good pensions. Like never, I don't think had to think about like, I have to build some like custom retirement strategy because it's like, it's taken care of. You're not, you're not thinking about like-
0: Oh, right, right. The government's got you covered.
2: Yeah, yeah. You, you've got a military pension, you did 22 years, like you're done, you're good. Uh, so none of that was ever discussed or like, and bizarrely, I worked in advertising for a long time and I still didn't understand the concept of like owning a piece of a company that we were, even the companies we were working on which was like, in hindsight, is just idiotic. Like, I did not understand economics. What was in- a,
0: what was kind of a big campaign you did? Like, what was like kind of a, a big uh, campaign?
2: worked on MSNBC dot com. Um, Ralph did some Ralph Lauren campaigns, uh, American Express, like big businesses. Did you do oh, Ferrari? Yeah. Was it or one yeah, of the cars? Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: Jack got like, some Ferrari stories for us. There. I got some good stories. Oh, from dude, that. you got yeah.
0: some. Wait, yo, can you hit us some Ferrari stories? Because I mean, I, I, I uh. I tweeted about Netflix and how there's just they spend like a hundred billion on content, but there's nothing to watch. <laughs> there's literally nothing to watch on right, it right. except for literally F1. F1. I knew nothing about F1 until I watched it. It's incredible. It's so good, dude. What, I love what? it. I know you're a car guy, so can you just you fanboy us Ferrari and F1 and like the campaign you did?
2: Yeah. So I worked uh, on the account at an ad agency to begin with, and it was like I wasn't staffed to it, but I'm like. I love cars. I was like, man, if I could p- get paid to work on this stuff, that would be like, that would be gangster. So I was just like working at night, making stuff, trying to put it in front of the team that had the account. Like, please let me work on this. Please let me work on this. And uh, eventually just persistence. So like, okay, fine. You can work on it. But, uh. <laughs> uh, and uh, we, I mean, we did all sorts of stuff for them. We did like race coverage. We did... um Car launches, we did like shoot social content So I did a nine thousand mile road trip with a with a car across the country. Like Wait, shooting. hold on a second. You did That's a nine crazy. thousand. Well, we didn't road. drive the car. It was in a truck behind us. But yeah, we we like drove nine thousand miles and shot a car and like how not, how long 10 was that? That's incredible,
0: man. How long was 40 that? that days? Experience? 40. Are you kidding me? Yeah.
2: That's Yo, crazy.
0: Damn, dude. That's on the road not, for forty it,
2: days. It was. It's a crazy. Yeah, that like that would be. You could. We could talk about that for a long time, but it was nuts. Like I was. No, we
0: should talk about it. Hold on a second, man. Was it the Ferrari race car that you guys?
2: T- no, it was a road car. So It was a GT car. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, it was. It was cool, man. Um, but agency game is very, very tough to. That was. I was like running my own agency at that point too, and it was like, right, not, uh, not a lot of the people
0: that you used to work for, or like your clients in the past, or people that you've interacted with. Uh, do you are you still friendly with a lot of them, or or, or, or is a lot a of stuff of you did?
2: Okay. A few of them, yeah, and uh, you know it's uh, it's a totally different world, man. You like people see the world so differently. It's bizarre. Like I think um, working in a small business or working for yourself, like it is a completely different. You you get indoctrinated with a completely different worldview right. really fast. Is there uh, any?
0: Uh, is there anyone that? that you kind of had beef with or like a friend of me where like you visualize values taking off and you're like, yo, what's up, son? <laughs> what's
2: up now? Uh, I won't, I won't name names, but there was one person in my <laughs> whole career where um, I wanted to change jobs within the agency I was working at. And it went down really badly. I mean, I, some of this is on me too. Like I didn't handle it like fantastically sure. well, but the conversation we had um, when I basically had to, come and deliver the news they told me i decide the trajectory of your career like oh i can't remember man, the exact language but it was that's like tough. if you yo dude like don't do things without my approval because i determine like you know you'll never work in this town again type conversation <laughs> that, that's yeah, what they don't
0: know is this man if you can make it on the internet you can make it anywhere <laughs> yeah, where you, live, you, you think God. i need to make it inside these four walls <laughs> Yeah, Dude, hold mate. on a second. So, so basically, anytime you're uh, tweeting a, a screenshot of how much money Visualized Value is making, it's a subtweet <laughs> to this individual. <laughs> well,
2: you know what? I don't hold a grudge, but you, you asked me a specific question, so I uh, I dug that okay, one out of the enough,
0: archives. Then. Yeah.
2: It'd be
1: funny if you know how jack i think on one of your accounts you just probably follow yourself like visualize value follows you but if you just had two you only followed two yeah. people it would be yourself and his one <laughs> hair, <laughs> just to make sure everyone knows
0: <laughs> jack only false visualize the um, meme the meme account and this third person that would be freaking hilarious yeah. <laughs> and the third person is jeff bezos
2: yeah keep an eye out keep yeah. an eye out
0: all right hold on a second i want that before i lost this train of thought is uh we also pitched and if any listeners, if any of our dozens of listeners want to opine on this, uh, we want to start investing in like the worst stocks ever. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. So we're talking about like our anti, we just talked about our anti-life portfolios and like really dumb investments or non-investments we had made. Uh, we, we, we're we going to start uh, investing in just, piece of shit stocks and 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 hold them but we don't know what the criteria is right now right now uh, let me just drop it what, what what criteria would you got if we were trying to do this like properly like if you're a goldman you had to make a piece of shit etf like well, how would you walk well, would it look. yeah what do we do let's think about it as financial and equity analysts how are you <laughs> creating this stock index
1: I think we start with that Trung post, which was based on meme names or like funny names, <laughs> okay. and the tickers being being right. funny. That's a good starting point, I think.
0: I can I can talk through that super quickly. I, I've actually had pushback on it. Um, so <laughs> when uh, at the at the height of the Wall Street bets, uh, insanity, I just put together this quick little uh, list of stocks that I think could become meme stocks, and the only criteria was that it didn't have like an English idiom because I had seen that somebody that invested in Nokia, like wrote on a piece of paper to uh, Dave Porno at a restaurant and just said, knock, knock, like N-O-K-N-O-K. Uh, yeah. N-O-K. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, knock, knock. Who's there. Right. And like, I'm just like, Oh man, like, like such a big part of, uh, it's not necessarily meme stocks. because a lot of things that turn into memes have nothing to do with idioms. Like uh, like the mm. New Jersey deli turn into meme stock. It's nothing to do with idioms. But I'm like, you know, something that's sticky that rhymes or goes in the brain, some shit that they might teach my kid in school, like that could be <laughs> kind of memey, right? So I literally looked up like the hundred most popular English uh, idioms. And I just started looking up tickers that were cross referenced against it. So he's
2: smart man, he's right? on to something. A great use of time. Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is what I need. Mean. I'll spend an hour deciding whether or not to pay an ATM fee that's 350 <laughs> and then spend like, and then look into this for stock. This is the equivalent of research. So here are some idioms. Uh, well, here's one uh, Jack it up. There we go. Jack, that's Jack in the box. That's got some meme potential. <laughs> it's a very well-known name. Well, so that's maybe that's one criteria. It's a one, it's, yeah. It's a one known name. A well-known name is a criteria, you know, maybe some nostalgia, which is like what Burberry, um, Blackberry is. So, th- okay. I think we're, we're, we're composing some things here. So well-known name has some nostalgia and has an English idiom that can line up against That's three. So we got three criteria now. Okay. Our piece of shit ETF is coming together. Okay. So jack it up. Uh, is an ADM. So that's for Jack in the box. There's one. That ticker is Jack. The other one, this one to me was like a no brainer. The Cheesecake Factory. The ticker for Cheesecake Factory is cake. Oh, it's boy. fucking that's cake, it. dude. <laughs> These, like, the piece, you know, like this thing yes. rips Oh, so Making money is such a piece of cake. Easy, right? So that that's one. So Jack and cake were two that I liked. Uh, the other one was. Uh, Oh, there's a GAIN. There's a company called GAIN. G A N. G A I N. Mm-hmm. It's Gladstone Investment Corp. Obviously, get them games. Get them gains. And uh, the last one I had here that I actually would pitch is it's called Airnet Technologies. The ticker is UP. So, right now, today, I'm pitching you guys for our piece of shit ETF Cheesecake Factory, Jack in the Box, Airnet Technologies, and Gladstone Investment Corp. Do you guys want to start with those four stocks?
1: All in. It's probably it's probably been <laughs> doing a better job than my portfolio right now, so <laughs> I'm down. Okay,
0: so that's it. That, so we're, we're gonna start with those four then: uh, Cheesecake Factory, Jack in the Box, Air neck Technologies, and uh, we can and, track
2: it every week. Yeah, we'll have a, we'll have a, a we'll, Chevron. We'll, we'll make a Chevron up up for it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, <laughs> Chevron for these four stocks. Okay, beautiful. And then we'll, we'll each put in like 100, 200 bucks. That'd be yeah. perfect, right? Okay, yeah. beautiful. Uh, uh, again, if any of the dozens of listeners we got here want to pitch another stock for the portfolio, just remember the criteria is an English idiom, uh, nostalgia, kind of well-known name uh, works and uh, and good ticker. All right, so. They still
2: work for some crypto as well, right? They've got to be some good. They got uh, this cake. There's a cake crypto as
1: well. There's pancakes. I mean, all the names are ridiculous, man. Like sushi. I was trying to explain this the other day, and I'm like, yeah, switch this <laughs> over to the mooncake place, and then I go to <laughs> the pancake whatever, and it makes. And then it was like Uniswap, and then the the fork was sushi swap because they wanted to like mess with Uniswap. I mean, you got you got to love it, man. I mean, it definitely works. It, it sticks out.
0: All right, so we got that. We got that settled. We got. It. We, we're we're rolling right now, man. We got the anti-portfolio we talked about. We just covered the piece of shit portfolio ETF that we're putting together. All right, what's next on the menu? Bilal? We got
1: European Super League. Jack,
2: did you want to still talk about this? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good one. Let's we'll get uh, Trung's take on it as an outsider as well. So uh, my, I've I've tried to imbibe the whole story, but maybe I'm missing some of it. But my understanding of it is a bunch of massive football clubs. That is soccer for a uh, american uh, comrades not arm ball. not arm, not ball. arm ball. <laughs> uh, use your feet club. in this one <laughs> football football um all banded together behind closed doors and conspired to create this super league which i believe and below if you if you know these details better than me correct me but would be 15 clubs that um the top 12 spots are absolutely locked in so you can't be yeah. relegated You can't, you know, you can't move in and out of the league. There's no like meritocracy. It's just like, Hey, all these clubs sell a bunch of merch and we're going to make this like basically the rich clubs. Yeah. Yeah. This massively commercial league. And presumably they got agreement from a bunch of these clubs before they announced it. And then they, and then what was it? They came out maybe middle of last week with the announcement or end of last week and the fans and everyone just went mental mental yeah
1: and i think within basically two days it's already it's integrated it's like controls that it's okay, like you, I'm a, come I'm a, back.
0: okay i'm a total outsider here which is beautiful because i think a lot of people are going to be outsiders yeah. to this and they they saw the words european super league right it sounds ominous as hell it sounds like yeah. a death star <laughs> it <laughs> sounds <laughs> like
1: a crypto coin so
0: yeah. okay so first of all we we just need to understand how popular football like Real real footballers, right? European football. It's just yeah, insane, yeah. right? Fans are completely nuts. Yeah, and, like
1: billions of people watching,
2: like probably okay. two, three billion people watching. Religiously, so, like it is right. a part of your identity beyond belief. Right, yeah. so
0: my football fan, I'm a total bandwagoner, right? They call me, we, we made fun of me last week for not owning crypto. They call me Fiat Fan. Or you guys did. So my other nickname, my friends call me is Fan Wagoner. So uh, I just, I got like a Tom Brady jersey. I got LeBron jersey. I got I got a Messi jersey. <laughs> like, you know, whoever's winning that chip that year, it's just like auto-order on Fanatic walking around town. Uh, I like to associate myself with winners, right? And, and big names and the second richest people in the world, like Elon, like this is what I do. I just attach myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so i my my so my only soccer knowledge is i i followed brazil because they're obviously like the the most popular like, football yeah, national yeah. team in history right and uh i was a i basically just followed two world cups and the reason i actually followed them is because i visited vietnam when i was young like uh, the 98 world cup i was 13 and i couldn't speak vietnamese very well but because you guys said it's such a global sport it was like language that i shared with my my uncle right my like 70 year old uncle we'd watch football and, and just lose our heads and he was a big that's ronaldo cool. fan so i was a ronaldo fan but uh yeah dude i don't understand football at all so this thing dropped <laughs> and uh and, and it's huge so my question is this did anyone think it was a good idea
1: yeah that's a good question well i think the people who are doing it it <laughs> was a good idea right. because they're going to make the i
0: what think any,
1: uh, I could. It seems like anyway. You you can't tell because we obviously didn't survey everyone. But online anyway, and on the news, all the players. Even the, the craziest thing is the managers of the teams, the coaches, and most of the play and the players. Sorry, didn't know anything about this. So imagine oh, like you're like the star player. Like so, Arsenal is my team. Aubameyang. He just got. He's our captain. He's just been out with malaria. He's like in hospital, and and he's probably on his phone, like looking at stuff and being like what are you talking about? We're going to be playing (laughs) against who? And I guess I, I tried to be objective when it first came out and I was like, okay, what's good about this, right? Because to be fair, football fans aren't normally the most like, you know they, uh, football is all about history and traditions and if you think of not to turn this into like a business textbook but like the adoption curve of like innovation like they're oh, not wow. really they're like laggards you know what i mean Yo, like,
0: that's a creator lab dude keep you, you have to bring it back yeah. lab, Yo,
1: <laughs> but don't no, be, they're literally <laughs>
0: don't be bringing that creator lab talk over here
1: no but you know what i mean because they are literally it's and including myself because i'm like no i have memories as a kid don't mess with my memories because all football is is completely irrational stories right like there's no reason i watch football five hours a week and listen to like podcasts about in between it, it makes no sense but f- f- so that that's the first part so i thought okay what happened in the past so in 1992 the premier league became the premier league i think around that time and there was what is now called the champions league which is the big european club competition that this would essentially be a a, a different version of the people also protested back then, too. like the, and that's what I was like, oh, maybe this is just that protest time in twenty twenty one. everyone's like, you know, going to be annoyed about
0: this, you know.
1: <laughs> but then, when I started digging in, I'm like, oh wait, you can't get relegated. You don't have to qualify. And and the, to be objective again, like Arsenal, as much as I love Arsenal, the only reason they're in that 15 is because they're rich, right? Like they're they're yeah. eighth in the league right now. Like they're not even in the Champions League. They're in the Europa League, which is the second tier. So I'm like sitting there, and also Spurs, our biggest rivals, in them I'm, I'm like, okay, they obviously shouldn't be in there. So it's just like this crazy thing, and then. Within a couple of days, you start seeing all these details, and it leaks to everyone. People are protesting outside the stadiums; um, like it's pretty crazy. And like the government uh, start to intervene. So Boris Johnson is like, "We can't Bojo. let this happen." Bojo? Bojo. Yeah. So it was it was a pretty it was like a shit show, man. And, and no, but
0: just just to summarize, the reason why is this negative for the, the other teams? For the can you explain? I, yeah. I read it briefly, but I'd love like to hear what is what is wrong so, with what's happening.
1: Yeah, my understanding, Jack, feel free to, to share if mm-hmm. you know as well, is the main reason is there's you're taking away competition. like you're, And the current competition that is already in place, the Premier League, even if those teams, the, the six teams that had agreed to be in this kind of elite European league, even if they're playing in both leagues, they're not going to be really taking that one seriously, right? Like if they're playing every week against Real Madrid, they're playing the best players. And then if that's where the money is being made. So that's one part. So there's this, I don't know if you saw this, but Leicester City, they won the Premier League a few years ago. And that was this amazing romantic story of this tiny club in comparison to the Giants winning. And that's like not to be too romantic about it, but that's what sport's about. Like the small guy can win. And, uh, you know, if you're a well-run club, you can punch above your weight. And by doing this, it would be moving away from that. Uh, It would be all about who's got the most money and who's going to like optimize from that side.
2: And then, um, yeah, there's a few other things, but go on, Jack. Was there something you had? One of the things, like one of my uh, favorite comments I read on it was, and this is all driven by the billionaire owners of these clubs, right? Like, I don't know the history of the financialization of football, but over the last couple of decades, people have been able to come in and like buy the franchise or like control the franchise. And this is a bigger theme of like the financialization of everything. But this one guy wrote a comment. He said what these people need to understand is that they do not own these clubs. They are temporary custodians of these clubs. Right. And that to me was like, you know, that sums it up really beautifully. I think it's like, these are not like financial assets that you can trade or maybe in the short term, you think you can, there's like, there's more meaning underneath these things. There's
0: history, there's like fandom. So, so I actually had a question that's necessarily related to this, but, how do you do football fans in Europe feel about LeBron James owning like part of Liverpool? They're just like, who the fuck is this guy? Or do they not yeah. care? Or I is think it just irrelevant? Most
1: people probably don't even know, but the right, ones right. who do, I think they I don't I don't think it's negative. Like I think most people are like, oh that's kinda cool. He's obviously one of the biggest superstars in the world. And he owns right. like a part of Liverpool, right? So it's Liverpool's kind of this club that is like at least they've got mad history. And even as a neutral, like, or as, an, or as a rival club, if you can call us that anymore, like, Liverpool still, you kind of have respect for them because they've been around. Whereas, like, Man City and Chelsea, they were, like, just bought by oligarchs and, you know, like, the Middle Eastern... and like Asian, uh, and there's the, some
0: bunch of Asian owners, right? Like, PSG's yeah, owned like, Qatar and, like, a exactly. owner. Okay. So, I had a question for Jack then because he is also Mr. Meme Guy, too. So, were, were there was any part of this where it literally got memed out of existence where the memes were just so good? Or is it just like, just like more like common sense? No, there's or some, good, like there's some good, There were some great, great
2: memes. To be there's fair. some great <laughs> memes around the one that comes to mind. There's this guy, you know, uh, Eddie Hearn is trung. No, I don't. He's like this just character, uh, the boxing, boxing promoter. Okay. And he's okay. like, he's just like a real, like, I don't know, like, I don't even know what adjective I used to describe him. He's just like one of the lads. Yeah. Yes. One of the (laughs) lads. He's like very relatable, like cheeky bloke. And there's this Twitter account called no context Hearn, And they just clip out these like five or six second clips of him. And then people just add comments and he, it just, those things, just the trajectory on those things is just class because even without context, that thing is funny. But then when you put it into like, you know, you, uh, Jose Mourinho waking up to the news that he's been sacked and it's like some funny video going <laughs> yeah. on so, the side it's of it. Brilliant.
0: So there is it's like, class. I mean, there's a non-zero chance that this thing was memed. Oh, 100%, 100%.
2: 100
0: okay, It's similar to how like basically, you know, Paul like tweeted about how they basically memed Elon into putting Bitcoin onto the, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the Tesla yeah. balance sheet. I mean, there's a part of it that's true, right? It's just like I mean, the, the Bitcoin memes are just out of control, right? Yeah, they're and, ridiculous. Uh, and obviously, I yeah, still have zero, but we can talk about that next episode. Uh, so, <laughs> no, so that's Wait, amazing. There was,
1: there was one one of my favorite memes that was again because it was about Tottenham because they are big rivals and fuck them. But, but there's a the guy is Jose Mourinho. He's the manager or was the manager, and he just got fired, which was already a crazy story in itself because everyone could see it coming before he even got hired and uh, he called himself the special one and he's like a bit of a prick and um so he he basically got fired in the time that the announcement happened around that time. And the the, the joke was that he's going to be the only, only super league manager that got fired and he's the special one. And it's just like, yeah, this is, there's just so many of those.
0: I love, uh, and that makes me so happy that like memes played a non, like uh, a a non-zero part in like shutting this billionaire attempt at uh, creating a super league. So actually uh, I actually tweeted something earlier in the week, which is very finance related, but like, so I, and I want to ask Jack about this cause he's also aside from being like the visual artist master, the Oscar Academy awards, master, the memes master. And, uh, and of course he's a course master, right? So I took this stupid course called this, the charter financial analyst course, it's a TLDR is you take three tests. Uh, Over like multiple years, and you study thousands of hours for each test, and it's like it's like the golden designation in the finance industry. But apparently, it doesn't help you make good investment decisions when it comes to Apple. After reading (laughs) zero hedge articles, but uh, (laughs) so I have this designation, and then I spent all these hours. I paid like a thousand dollars each test or five hundred dollars each test to do it. So drop fifteen hundred bucks, spend a thousand hours doing the test. But then to to have the designation with the real values, you get to put. You probably seen these on LinkedIn, right? It's like the name and then. Comma CFA afterwards. So it makes it look like, you know, what you're talking about in finance. I can tell you right (laughs) now from personal experience, it doesn't matter. (laughs) I can tell you right now from a sample size of one, having the CFA designation does not know, does not mean you know how to invest. So I got really annoyed because they emailed me and it looks like they have some AI scraper where they just scrape LinkedIn and find anybody that has CFA. And then they literally just take screenshots and be like, Hey man, like you're claiming this. Here's an email PDF and we know that you're claiming it but you haven't paid your dues, which is 275 a year. This is how they get paid. They make 300 million a year right It's part of their I mean it's, it's a great business to be quite frank. Oh my God yeah so I tweeted out and uh, I actually got since I have apparently a lot of uh, 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 you know investment community followers I hope none of them are taking our investment advice <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's in the podcast name but right? we don't have to put a disclaimer. So I'm just like, F it. Like, I'm not paying this. I'm going to put the money in Doge at uh, the 275. It's going to be, it's going to be worth way more anyways. Uh, but then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to make a meme school. Uh, I'm going to make my own designation, a CFD competitor for memes and movie quotes. Right. Just so you can be very effective to pump stocks or like uh, tell stocks in a different way, just like we use memes to shut down the super league. So my question is to Jack butcher who's done seven figures in courses how are you rolling out a meme for finance designation course? Walk us through it right now, dude.
2: Hey, I don't know if it could be taught.
0: Okay, okay, fair but, enough.
2: But, but I mean, you can, you can break down like, I think you can, you can break down some of the formatting stuff, some of the mechanics of it, but sometimes you just gotta go and live in Vietnam for 10 years, <laughs> man, get material. Get some stories. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, so, I mean, I, I know, I feel like you have probably an approach to do a meme type of score, right? Or you've yeah, talked- yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so, you've talked about it?
2: Talked about it. I think it would be, I think it would work more effectively as, like, if you just set up a way to incentivize people to make memes, you know? Like, rather than teach people from scratch, it's like, you can find a mechanism to just pay people that are already doing it. So oh, I think this is that, interesting. Yeah, like, you could say, hey, we want to tell this story or we want to draw attention to this thing and we crowdsource this stuff. And then we distribute, um, you know, we distribute payment based on the quality of the stuff, even uh, in post. So actually got access to this platform yesterday called Mirror, which is like a decentralized. Like a, they'll probably be offended at this description of it. It's like a decentralized WordPress type thing, right? It's like a okay. blogging platform where you can mint um, you know mint assets on the blockchain, so you could write an article it 's minted on the blockchain then you could put embed like n f t s within that thing, and it can also read data from other places so you could technically um pay people based on their response to a meme that they made let's say so you have a designation of like we have x number of tokens right, and the value of the token is um controlled by how many people enroll in this program and then uh based on the performance of the assets we reallocate stuff and if you're a company maybe you can come in and like throw a bounty at at this like group of memers and say we want to explain our thing and we'll pay a bounty of x to the top meme and then the next five are y. you
0: are you pursuing this right now or that that's just an idea that you would do on the mirror platform
2: no i'm not i'm not pursuing it but i'm saying would it you could do be it done. it could be would done. you do it Maybe, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe. I think uh, one of the things around that, that the commercialization of that stuff is like, this is the old advertiser in me, is like, how legal is some of this stuff? You know, people like use like Warner Brothers content oh, to make yeah, memes yeah. and then me paying them for it. I don't want yeah, any, anything point. to do with that. Oh, yeah.
0: that's interesting. That's but absolutely- it's all going to
2: go away. I just don't want to be the person to like take, I mean, not that, you know, you'd have to be at a ridiculous scale, I think, to draw heat. But all of that stuff is so interesting. It's like these things are now being used for commercial gain. And, you know, people aren't getting the requisite licenses. Like all of that shit cannot keep up with the behavior of the internet. And uh, Like Giphy,
0: right? Like Giphy doesn't have licenses for all yeah, that how stuff. The
2: heck, like what? That, that's a $10 billion company or something. And most yeah. of their stuff is just other people's content. And they just index it.
0: Dude, this is super interesting. So just to summarize then, because I actually get a ton of inbound from companies been hey man can you do me? So i'm like bro come on man like, like have you seen this i'm like this was is one of them
1: sean puri <laughs> yeah
0: and yeah. 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 he put yeah, out that, that job, I didn't that job. Go- he didn't have to hit was- my dm so everybody saw what he was putting out there that's um, hilarious uh the- no so to summarize then is like you don't and i i broadly agree with this if i, I have the assessment right the actual creation of a meme school and when people have asked me this, it's like, is it possible? I'm like, man, it's like there's a there is a secret sauce, right? It's like teaching somebody to be a stand-up comic. It's like, right, hey, man, right. this is how you use the mic, and this is where you should stand on the stage, right? Like, it, that's kind of the same, right? It's yeah, like, yeah,
2: exactly. Like the stuff that makes it valuable is is not like it's unteachable from one person to another, yeah, easily.
0: Well, I, what I will say is this. So like when people ask me for advice about memes, like, okay, number one is that actually I got this advice from Jack. I never even had Mematic, which is so dumb. It's incredible. Download Mematic. That's number one. You should download Mematic Cause the big part about memes and uh, Jack and I have spoken about this in the chat, Bilal's not in it because I also have my own personal chat. <laughs> fucking, Jack, fucking Bilal <laughs> sending me screenshots of his personal Jack. Uh, we're talking about how, uh, you know, just like my, if you go back to the first principles of memes, right? Like the way Richard Dawkins talks about it, it's like literally just imprinted in people's brains. Right. And I spent, I spent a, a lot of my early Twitter journey trying to make like videos happen. I'm like, Oh man, I could cut videos so quickly. And like, people will love it because there aren't a ton of like really well cut videos on Twitter. But the problem is you don't have a ton of time to get people's attention. And those videos that you're trying to make people laugh about, a lot of them aren't in, are imprinted in people's brains. Right. Yeah. Whereas a lot of these formats, like the one, the probably the one of the most famous ones is the guy holding the girl's hand, looking back. Everybody that's imprinted in their brain, they're ready for the joke, right? Yeah. Like they know the context, they're just waiting for the punchline. So so when people ask, what should I do to make good memes? Number one is download Mematic because you need to know what pe- is already imprinted in people's brain, right? Because Mematic's telling you, here, these are the 100 most popular memes right now or that are being used. So these are already imprinted in people's brains. And now you have the creative constraint to make something good from this. Right. Like yeah. don't go out and try to find new images and like try yeah. to make fancy things, like do what people already intuitively know. Right. So that's one thing. The other part is, uh, is if you go to sites like, uh, Im- Imger or flip. Imflip, yeah. Look what other people are doing. Right. If you don't understand how to use that joke format, see what other people are doing. And then, and then do those two things. And then the reality is, yes, you're mostly you're just going to fail because you're just not funny. But that's yeah. fine. <laughs> just <laughs> try those first two things. And, uh, and that's it. That's my advice then. So it sounds like an actual meme school isn't the answer. A meme marketplace, on the other hand, is yeah, yeah, an yeah, yeah.
2: answer. Mm. You know what else, else is, co- as you were talking, what else could be interesting is like the person who originally turned that, because that's a stock photo, right? Whoever took that stock photo has gotten zero upside from the- yeah. 10 trillion impressions of this yeah, thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> They've probably made like 30 bucks to sell that yeah. to like oh, some oh thing. It's like one of the most valuable like media Someone assets on the planet or something, yeah. Oh yeah my, exactly. Dude, it's
0: so true.
2: And, and like maybe one day like that that data can be tracked to the point where you have royalties coming off right. the back of your meme format being used over and over that's and over again. A NLT, we'll right? that. like, that's yeah. a
0: promise of NFT, right? Like that's a promise
2: that you i can think basically... long term yeah that could well, be he talks be... about
0: that shit all the time man mm. um
1: but so Trunk, one thing because you you talked about this a little bit earlier but you, you, like from my understanding like there's even looking at stand-up comedians and meme builders like to me there's there is a part formula to it uh of course it's like 98 percent of it is just talent and like quick wits or whatever but but there, like when you if you speak to any of those people that actually do writing uh for for a living like comedy writing and a big part of it's just like the element of surprise because like if the joke is up front like you're not going to laugh like the 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 laugh comes from like that release right like, we talked
0: and- about it right it's evolutionary because the brain's uh, uh structured to you're anticipating things. read ahead it, yeah you're, so when you're you waiting break for that anticipation it. you're literally breaking someone's brain when you make them that's laugh. it like you're breaking the functionality mm. of how evolutionarily they're supposed to like think and and observe the world right yeah uh, which is why humor is just so incredible
1: um so so drunk real quick you sold a comedy script right
0: yeah we got to do that in a whole nother episode though because all right, right, that's gonna be the whole stories, man. All, right, yeah. all right i want to hear <laughs> this but... i'm gonna tease people with it but like <laughs> i have all the contracts i have all the producer notes which are just fucking oh i'm not gonna say that word be better i don't want to say the R word
1: <laughs> we but, have to uh, have one beat per, yeah. per episode
0: <laughs> uh I have the producer notes. So the movies, I'm just going to say, it's the movie set in Southeast Asia where I lived for five years, where my family is from. And I'm getting notes from, I'm not going to say what skin color these producers are, but you can guess it's from North America. And they're just like, hey man, uh, I read the script. Uh, This is after they bought it too. They're just like, I think we need more monkeys. I'm like, bro, have you ever been to Vietnam? Oh my
1: God. You can't just add
0: monkeys to the script. I'll, I'll, I'll read the producer notes. They're hysterical.
1: But we need to do a whole episode. Yeah, let's we definitely pull these out. more monkeys
0: up. in this scene.
1: <laughs> that's crazy.
0: Um. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll add that. But yeah, so just to summarize, um, this is a total consulting thing because we want to imprint people's brain. Anybody that's made it this far, we just want to make sure you remember. Meme school <laughs> uh, doesn't sound like a great idea because it's just not the secret sauce, right? It's just like you can't teach people the secret sauce. Having said that, it's good to learn anyways, because then you maybe you'll find out if you have it.
2: You, you learn. Yeah, you learn. Yeah. the You perfect the flavor by serving serving the sauce, mate. Not by uh, just sitting in the kitchen. <laughs> yo,
0: that, yo, cut that elbow out. NFT. That's an NFT. <laughs> script, that clip is an NFT. Another, another Jack Butcher special. Six figures. Yeah. Six <laughs> figures, son. The, the next one, we had the question from,
1: we already did the Anti-Life Decision Portfolio, which was really funny from Liam. Uh, active Recall said, what was your day-to-day like five years ago versus now? Oh, this is Quite great. A good question. Jack and I
0: are, are both parents now. So... I think yeah cool. go How for it. I, just kick out Bilal you go first actually I'll do Bilal nothing has changed okay, <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay.
0: so to answer the question I'm going to answer Bilal his life is exactly the same as it was five years ago It's still ago.
1: brilliant still <laughs> yeah. living a good life Okay, yo, still getting eight you. hours sleep eight hours yo, sleep because we
0: know me and Jack's life is completely turned upside down like, hold on, Bilal, What? Bilal, just give us the five years ago versus now. Was nah, that, I mean, like, it's, it's
1: boring, but like, yeah, five, what was that? 2016 to now? Yeah, I was still working at Google selling clicks for a living, which was great. And uh, apart from that, yeah, I was already started the podcast living in New York. It wasn't that different, except now much, I don't man, go to a job. Were you
0: going to the office every day?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to office and yeah, all that fun stuff. But yeah, it wasn't that crazy different. I I guess now, yeah. Five years later, I've self-employed, I have a podcast. i work from home, I travel, whatever, but not like you guys, not like the 32 wake ups every night. That's the big difference.
0: (laughs) No, but hold on. So, uh, yeah. So you still have obviously your side advertising business. How much time a week do you spend on that?
1: Uh, like a few days a week I I spend on that. Is it just
0: automatic now?
1: no, not automatic. I still have to turn up once in a while, but it's it's not like, I don't have to be at my desk nine Dude, to you six have employees. every day.
0: Are you employing people?
1: No, no, I, I keep it lean. So it's just, oh, it's just. Oh,
0: damn, son. So this is yeah, just yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's just me. And then I bring in like freelancers when when I need it.
0: Okay. And uh, okay, that's amazing. And if anybody hasn't read it yet, Bilal was interviewed by Spotify about how he, he gets uh, <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> podcast interviews. No, seriously, you guys should read this. And what's the reason I'm bringing this up is twofold. So the first fold is this last episode. We said that we were creating the least actionable podcast ever. And then Bilal goes out and makes the most actionable article ever about how to get podcast guests. It's a really good article. Uh, The reason I bring that up again, the second fold is this. So you're spending two days a week on your job. Uh, which pays the bills presumably and then is the other three days a week using this article that spotify wrote about <laughs> chasing down podcast guests <laughs> is this about correct
1: pretty much spotify. no i mean honestly the, the the podcast guest i will say the guy who wrote it, he did a great job but it was i, I didn't write it it was like he interviewed me and he just wrote a bunch of stuff out which, which was great but yeah i don't know i mean i think my i don't even know what i do during my week like I, it's not one schedule i just kind right. of like I, there are like a couple of meetings that I go to every week, like two meetings a week that I really, and that's kind of a, something I've really optimized towards. Like I don't like doing meetings that I don't need to be in. So that's been kind of like the core, uh, one of the core principles of like spending my time. And then, yeah, the rest is, I try to like have like creative time because I like to do, like I write, I do the podcast stuff, I do interviews. And then like other like i watch arsenal games during the week which is a right. big part <laughs> so yeah that's that's pretty much it man
0: all right fair enough uh way too actionable though that article <laughs> 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 this way I, I read that thing and i'm like dude like uh, we're out here it's actually being, useful <laughs> we're the most the brand. yeah like this guy's making actionable content it's very it's very difficult for people to hold both ideas in their head like what are we really we have a brand problem uh, oh, we
1: got we got this for the least actionable and then create lab is very actionable okay. so like balances that balance that
0: okay now we got jack butcher how different i mean your life your life is completely different
2: yeah totally different man i lived in uh brooklyn down the road from bilal five years ago we yep. didn't know each other, though. Um, okay. What was I doing? 20... I would have been working for an ad agency, taking the subway to work every day, grinding it out, mate. Up at, up at six, home at 10.
0: Whoa, dude, yeah. seriously?
2: Just brutal. 16-hour uh, days? Long days, mate. Long days in the city. And, uh, yeah, living in a little apartment. Now I'm in sunny Nashville, mate, in a house with bedrooms, go on a walk every morning. Got a baby. Um, it's complete, yeah. I mean, your your life mate. is totally that's different, That's been a big change. Yeah. Huge, mate. And uh, work is obviously totally different. Don't uh no client work right now. Um just uh You literally, yeah, man, you literally you 180.
0: If you yeah. had told yourself 5 years ago what you'd be doing now. And that's particularly about the NFT part. If you if I if I flew back in time and went, "Yo, Jack, what's up, man?" <laughs> You're gonna sell a tweet one day for hundred and fifty K.
1: It's still going.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yo, bro, how quickly would you be calling the authorities that yo, this is crazy <laughs> this is crazy Asian? He's accosting me.
2: Quickly, man. Yeah. Unreal. No, it's totally eh? a different answer. I mean I, I mean, not just my situation, just the way the world works. You know, yeah, like yeah, in the last totally. five years, it's just absolutely like been turned on its head. It feels like. And well, the, the thing is this on you is nuts.
0: You 180'd into the wave, right? Like mm-hmm. you could have 180 in a lot of different ways. Like, bro, you could have, I mean I mean, you turn it around and you literally caught the wave.
2: Yeah, yeah. But you're you could... the
0: forefront of creator economy, seven-figure courses, forefront of NFTs. Yo, I'm riding <laughs> your coattails, son. Yo, I'm riding your coattails.
2: <laughs> you been you're on CNBC every week
0: yo but man yo that, that that's not getting me in the academy awards oscars uh the actor box bro
2: just until next
1: year when they get you to make the memes for it man just uh, uh, yeah, exactly. wait man they're gonna listen to this right. So trunk what about you man what, what was your life like five years ago
0: i was living in boston uh working for a fintech company it was literally based in harvard square it was actually so the, the company itself had a really good pitch It was actually a really smart pitch it actually helped it get acquired by S&P Global, the finance uh, uh, analytics company. The pitch was basically, they put an office in Harvard Square and only hired Harvard and MIT engineers. It was frankly pretty genius. And, uh, and then it started in 2013, the company, I joined it. I did a research and some product stuff, but uh, basically, I would go to Harvard Square every day. It was pretty cool because, you know, I I didn't live in Boston and everybody knows a Harvard mystique and it's good for it to go away quickly. So you just go there and then realize Cambridge is kind of a, you know, dirty little uh, place, uh, but, you know, full of interesting people and really, really smart conversations. Like you walk down the street and just hear the craziest shit people are talking and cooking up. Right. Uh, But yeah, that was my day to day. Like five years ago, I'd be I was living in Cambridge uh, going back uh, to Vancouver every now and then with my wife. Um, And uh, yeah, that's it. That was, uh, that was my life. Go two, three days a week, but nothing really different. I'll tell you why it didn't really change. It's like I spent most of my day just reading and writing and, but instead of writing for a huge audience, I was writing for bank clients and investors. Uh, But my day to day is like just massive amounts of information consumption and then, uh, and then just spinning it out in some format. And now I do memes and you know the hustle. But before I was doing uh, bank reports or investment reports. So That's it. That's my life.
1: Well, wait. When did you have a kid though? Because that that was 2018. A big yeah. All right. So your lives are a lot different yeah, now. Yeah. I I mean, then it. you
0: add that. Then, then yeah. The, you you add, <laughs> but the whole thing is I work from basically home the entire time. Mm. Like my kid's been alive, right? I basically set up an arrangement. I've been from home so when people ask me during COVID, when people have said, Hey man, what's changed? I, I kind of feel bad in the sense that like almost nothing has really changed in my day to day like life. Right. It's like I was actually kind of moving towards a remote life. Like that's what I wanted. Mm. And that's actually how I ended up at the hustle. Like I wanted to be able to live in Canada, but stay connected to the U S market. And I'm like, what can I do in Vancouver, Canada and stay plugged in? Right. It's like write business and tech for a, a publication based in at the time, San Francisco. So, the world kind of converged to like obviously for the worst reason ever, but that was like my thinking. And then the kid, so yeah, obviously, a huge change and just got you're keeping this thing alive, right? I don't go on it anymore. That's it. <laughs> keeping
1: this thing alive.
0: <laughs> that's it, make it dude. So- I mean, Jack, you, you make you're it sound like a,
1: like a Tamagotchi, dude. No, dude, <laughs> it's like,
0: I mean, Jack, you're two months now. He's like, it's literally a bag of bones. Like, you yeah. call it, they call it, they call, it, they call it a newborn baby. They call it the fourth trimester because. <laughs> The reason why babies come out in nine months is their fucking brains are too big. Like they're not fully developed. The rest of them is not developed. They're not, they shouldn't be leaving the mother's womb. It's, it's just that because if we let them keep developing until the rest of them is ready, they're not going to be able to leave the mother's yeah. womb. Right. Just, their heads <laughs> are too big. So like Jack is still in what is called the fourth trimester. Like babies are still meant to be, de- or should be, developing biologically within the womb still just the rest of them are just so unformed and undeveloped right so you know google the fourth trimester and uh that's when that's why when people are asking me what was the first three months i'm like i I cannot express this in any way it's crude but my entire job is like keeping this thing alive right that's it like that's that's my entire job let me call it this thing yeah Yeah. jack's selling six figure nfts while he's keeping his kid alive (laughs) which is
2: incredible wow I'm, I'm it's a very Pareto situation over here, mate. My wife is doing everything.
0: Right, right, right. Fair. Yeah. But,
2: uh, you know, I try and try and swoop in and, and be helpful where I can. Well,
0: mate. I can, I can add a funny joke about, you know, the you, you fathered them. Uh, yeah, it's just so funny the how useless the dads are. Yeah. Frankly. Oh my God. Dude. It's just like the, the joke I had with my wife was, uh, cause my son would get up. We breastfed the first kid. We'll never do that again because it's just so much easier when you don't breastfeed. But, uh. So she had to keep feeding and he'd feed every two hours, my son, right? So she literally had no out for sleeping. Yeah, yeah. But like after about a two or three weeks, I'm like, I can get, start sneaking in like four or five hours straight, right? That's where I'm So at, I'll, yeah. I'll like sleep and then I'll wake, I'll, but I'll, 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 I'll wake myself up at like 3 a.m. and just do the like the total perfunctory, hey, do you need any help? And after a lot of months, <laughs> like she just fucking smacked my hand and be like, like, you can't do anything. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, go to sleep. And, uh, but it really is like that, right? You know what I mean? For, Jack, you know exactly what I mean, it's inc- right? It's
2: so incredibly like, accurate. Like it's ridiculous. You're literally just
0: like, you're trying to lend a hand, but there's nothing you can do.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's you just go no wash, value. Wash some cups or something else. <laughs> yeah, <where it> exactly. <laughs> put it in the dishwasher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I, mean, I mean, so- Let I the mean, machine do it.
2: Yeah, that's tough. That's tough, man. That's hey, it. I mean, moms I put... are incredible, man. If I've learned anything from this, yeah. it's like, Moms oh, yeah, dude, just absolute freaking. This is scenarios, yeah. mate. Just incredible. I, I'm, I'm
1: pretty sure it, it wasn't we... Celia. Sorry, I thought I saw Celia like sending some sort of email or like oh, some yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, as well. She's
2: still doing some doing work it. as she's, well, right? Yeah, yeah, she's she's working. Oh, he's gone. Oh, there he is. Well, uh, dude, the, the yeah. last
0: the last thing I'd add is uh the last thing I want to add was like uh when you so something that really oh, this is a change. It's a change in my mentality. A couple of things change in my mentality. Actually, we can laugh about this, especially for any dads that are listening. The first thing that changes before I was a dad. I go to restaurants i go to like jack-in-the-box or cheesecake you know like our portfolio cheesecake factory or jack-in-the-box and i'd see uh parents uh, uh with their kids and they'd be giving them iphones and ipads i literally walk into like this judgy piece of shit, be like yeah oh, yeah, yeah look at these parents they don't know what a parent they're giving digital gas dude within like within like <laughs> within like a six <laughs> months having my kid and when he can view i i go anywhere now and i'm slapping a phone in front of my kid man like this kid started acting up your phone, literally like this. <laughs> the second he starts acting up your phone, son, yo, here, here, go watch. Like shut the fuck down and watch. What does he do? Just watch.
2: What, what, what? <laughs> yeah, just like,
0: let me eat. Let mom and dad eat. And what do you
2: watch videos or something?
0: Yeah. And like a hundred percent, man. And like, uh, listen, I get that it's not good for their brain. And like, you don't, you want to limit how much they want to watch. But now, whenever I see parents, especially with multiple kids, if, if, I, if I ever see parents outnumbered, like if I see three or four kids with two parents and they got iPads, I literally just look at them. I just give them the look. I'm like, yo, you give them the survival. nod. <laughs> like I know what you're doing, son. You're surviving. And uh, so that was a big one. The, the, the judgment of other parents was, I mean, dude, I was like, it's so easy being a single person looking at parents, parents or like when kids have ex- like ups in airplanes or, or grocery yeah. stores, you're so judgmental when you don't have kids. Now I'm just like, cool. You know what I mean? Like I hear it. I'm like, 100% get it. My kid does it all the time. You know, it's just sympathy, right? You, you're, you know how awful of an experience it is to being embarrassed. You don't want to make it worse. That was a big one. And the other one was just a, a Jack touch on it, the appreciation of the mother. And like when I, and I know of single mothers that have raising multiple kids. I'm just like, that is, it's superhuman. It's literally superhuman. And And I know that our generation is all about self-actualization and hey, what can I do to make myself feel good? And like, there's all these hobbies I want to pursue. It's like, at the end of the day, like, I I don't know, everybody agrees with this, but you watch a single mother or even just a mother, even just a mother, period, taking care of two, three kids out at the mall at a restaurant. You're like, man, like they're giving up everything in a lot of ways to like, raise these children, right? Like that's superhuman. Like me making memes or chasing my hobbies. That's not superhuman to me, man. Like this is a superhuman stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, yeah, that, was a, that was a big realization.
2: We're, yeah, I just feel like a useless prat most of the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you're funny, dude. The memes <laughs> are funny. Uh,
2: so there you go. I, I'll
1: give no, back ju-
0: to
2: humanity that way.
1: Just one thought on that. Can I ask you guys, do you think, because a lot of our generation is kind of like, we hit a certain age and everyone starts complaining. They, Like you just said, self-actualization, they're looking for some meaning and, uh, you know, they want to change their jobs and I've done this. So I went from like Google to a nonprofit. So I'm like hundred percent guilty of this. And I don't think that's a bad thing. It's just like our parents didn't worry about that. They were like just grinding out for 40 years so we could go to school or whatever. Right. But, um, but I, I've thought about this a lot because another kind of big macro trend is like, especially in the West, we're less religious and I, i'm not that religious but like we're generally less religious we're having kids later as well and yeah. sometimes i just think like maybe all we all we need is just like when we do have kids that just gives you automatically some meaning and like i don't need to go and change my crazy career and do 180 i just needed some meaning in my life and and that's not for everyone but a lot of the time I no think that could i think be the case. no i
0: agree man it's like uh look no, not life advice. Listen, if this podcast is called non investment <laughs> advice, you can uh, safely assume it also means not life advice. I'm never going to tell somebody how to live, right? I'm just talking my personal experience.
1: Exactly. Yeah, for sure. It
0: gave me a shit ton of, per- like, I, I, that's not even weird. It's not even purpose. It's like, listen, I chose with my wife to have a child, right? And I knew when I made that decision that you, what I didn't know what I was signing up for. I knew I was signing up for something. And it just, yeah. and then, but when it happens, you just, especially the first, I mean, Jack's going through it. When you realize how much you can operate on, like just function as a human without sleep, it, it, it does really bring perspective into a lot yeah. of things. I mean, listen, you also lose that perspective very quickly, right? Like humans are always like, grass is always green and move to the next thing. But man, it, it's, a, it's just a perspective. I'm sure there are other events like going to war or you know if you survive cancer, like life-changing events that give you perspective. But like from my personal experience, not life advice, 100% complete change, just like how I think and look at everything, right?
1: Yeah, I can imagine, man.
0: Well, no Listen, degree. man, I think
1: that's a great way to finish this up. Got everyone yeah. feeling the feels.
0: Yeah, feel the feels, <laughs> we dude. Got, we got it's some funny just topics, ju- but this we guy can ain't do that just next Jokes, time. I ain't just jokes. I'm not just <laughs> A-plus jokes, okay? <laughs> you
1: got that life advice going we're gonna have to change the podcast name dude so uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: this is life advice <laughs> exactly
1: this yeah change it like cross out the not investment advice <laughs> life advice only um yeah we got plenty of other topics but we can cover them i think next no, time because they're, they're, oh, i gotta say good, like good one
0: I'll, I'll give you my post uh my five second like post uh yeah. synopsis uh yeah i mean i felt good dude I, i'll tell you like just chatting about this i don't often talk about the life of actually I was chatting with Jack in our separate chat. Well, you're not in it. Cause you're not a father. <laughs> it's a father's only chat. It's the, uh, the but I did you, Jack, like when, when Jack was, when I first got to get to know Jack and he was like, I guess six or seven months in for his wife's pregnancy. I was joking. I'm like, man, you know, we should talk about, there's not a ton of like dad stuff out there. And if there is, it's just not going to be as funny as when we talk about it, but right, it's like, right. it's fucking real. Right. It's an amazing topic. And, uh, and it's jokes, right? It's just so much jokes. Like the iPad thing, when I tell it to other people, they always laugh because they're probably doing they're judging. But man, I'm like, I'm I'm you know what I mean? Like I'm go now. I, I I search out for parents, give an iPad just so I can freaking like <laughs> tap them on the back. Like elbow pound them. I'm like, dude, I see you. What is that? Is that the thirteen inch? Okay, that's a good one, man. If you watch <laughs> multiple things. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's
1: uh, no, it. man. This is a good this is a good chat. Um so yeah. This is another episode of No Investment Advice. You'll see us again next week. Any parting words, boys? Maybe.
0: Yeah, maybe. We don't know. Thank if we're doing you. This again. <laughs> Thank you for
2: listening to this nonsense. Our yeah, thanks for there. listening. Yeah, if this has been at, great.
0: We work at Spotify want to throw us the bag, man, we're ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any sponsors.
2: As long as you don't sell anything considered advice, we'll consider you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We only do financial services advice like (laughs) wealth management,
2: (laughs) Goldman Sachs wealth management. That's probably quite a good, that's probably quite a good uh, way to see it up. All right. See you you next time. Bye bye.